Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Let's get right into it here. Uh, I want to make some comments on the Watch the Water documentary, which came out just the other day. I, I personally thought it was fantastic, remarkably thought-provoking, completely plausible. It makes complete sense to me. I'm going to link it in the description below if you haven't seen it and you're interested in watching it. It is something that everybody needs to watch. My overall summary, I think, is this. It continues to be more proof, and you've heard me say it here numerous, numerous times, that viruses are not real. It just continues to be more proof that viruses don't exist. They do not travel through the air. We do not breathe them in. It's, a, it's, another, it's another dunk just on top of anybody who believes that viruses are a real thing, including, again, all of the doctors and numerous individuals. And this is, you know, this is part of the truth here that, that I think is really, really interesting is that Brian, uh, Dr. Brian Artis is a former chiropractor. And what we're finding is, is there are a lot of doctors who are not medical doctors who are actually the ones coming, coming to the absolute truth about everything that's going on, both the agendas and the depopulation agendas, and again, the lack of viruses existing and how they've never been real, and it's designed to just scare people that you can just be around people and breathe their air, and that will somehow make you sick or make them sick and whatever else. It, uh, it really is going to be challenging for all of these medical doctors, in particular in these you know, so-called alternative media to even wrap their heads around this because so many of them, again, have been saying that viruses are real and they actually think that viruses are real because they still use the word virus. Now, what I, what I thought was interesting too was that in the Watch the Water documentary, the, well, Dr. Brian Artis, he, he specifically brought up a number of different individuals who, who claimed that they agree with his take on a number of different things. And he dropped uh, Dr. Simone Gold's name as being someone who, who has been at the forefront of all of this and agrees. I have to tell you something. I disagree with that assessment, and here's why. Dr. Simone Gold was not one to come out and say viruses don't exist. Dr. Simone Gold was never at the forefront of trying to figure out the origins of this, where it came from, and, and what it really is, that it is, in fact, poison. And as Dr. Artis lays out, it's very plausible 100% that it is snake venom from, a, at the very least, two separate snakes. Now, again, where, where that is, whether it be in the water system, which he, he states is the case in certain particular areas, um, and again, how, how is that transmitted from person to person? Well, if a person is poisoned and a person feels ill, we know that electromagnetism is real. But these are not things that Dr. Simone Gold has ever said. Dr. Simone Gold has always stood on the side of the legal aspect of all of the right infringement that's been taking place. Not so much the depopulation agenda, I guess, and, and, and the other things that have gone on throughout this entire time. She hasn't been able to wrap her mind around that, not in, not in the things that I ever saw, even dating back to 2020. She was all about people receiving ivermectin if they wanted it, hydroxychloroquine if they wanted it, uh, and, and a bunch of other things if they wanted it, and that we as Americans should have that right. And, and she's right in that regard, clearly. I mean, that goes without saying. So she's taken more of the legal aspect on, on, on her shoulders, and I would say less of the investigative aspect and understanding the larger picture. It's very difficult for her to under, understand the larger picture. It certainly was a year ago. Um, well, last August, or I'm sorry, last July when I heard her speak publicly. And yeah, I, I'm, she, she's, she just seemed completely unaware. And I fully understand that people are waking up at their own paces. The larger point here, again, after watching Watch the Water, is that it just continues. And I, again, I have a smile on my face because it's, I think it's a fantastic thing. It just continues to prove that viruses are not real that there's no such thing. They've never been isolated. It's not something that exists. And this is being thrust now, again, on very good people who are on our side, but they still think that viruses exist, and they do not. 
again, you're not going to hear the Dr. McCullough's or the Dr. Ryan Coles say that viruses don't exist. They aren't there yet. Their minds just aren't there yet. They, they, they still think that viruses are real and, oh, the, you know, they're, they're small little spit particles that travel through the air and we breathe them in and they make us sick. No, that's not the way it works. It, 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 again, viri- virology has been disproven time and time again over 120 years ago. Uh, there are endless documentaries out there proving that virology is a lie. And um, I, again, I've, I've linked a bunch of them in the descriptions below of, of this podcast, but I recommend people get on BitChute and continue to bounce around and, and watch those and listen to those. Watch the water is just more proof. You have human cells and then you have poison. And when those two things come in contact with one another, it makes human cells look abnormal. When that happens, a virologist would say, well, those cells are infected with a virus. No, they're not. They're infected with poison. It's just poison. So they say, well, we isolate this and we isolate that. Well, what you're doing is is you're taking pieces of poison away from a human cell. You're not taking away a virus from a human cell. You're taking away a poison. So that's it. And that's what the word virus states. It's poison. It's venom, which is what Dr. Artis specifically says throughout the entire documentary. So I will link it in the description below if you haven't seen it or interested in watching it again. It's also on my BitChute page. So I downloaded it and put it on my BitChute page. I'm, I'm sure that Stu Peters and Dr. Artis would want people to share it and, and download it and spread it wherever and, and make sure that people watch it and, and certainly think about it. But um, it was very well done and, and very interesting to say the least. And toward the end, in fact, at the very end, it specifically also brings up, uh, well, it shows on the screen, it says compounds that protect against snake venom poisoning. Nicotine is listed as the first one. Now, I wanted to mention that too, because I believe it was either 2020, April 2020, or April or May of 2021 when I read a long explanation on. I think it was either 8Coon or 8Chan, one, one of those websites, but it was a long anonymous explanation of, of what a lot of coronavirus is, and it basically said toward the end that nicotine inhibits the ability for the poison to bind to the receptors in the brain, thereby not impeding a person's ability to breathe. So, believe it or not, Individuals who smoke are less likely to actually get these kinds of illnesses that are associated with this poison. Again, back then, um, we weren't aware that it was snake venom or could be synthesized snake venom. But I do, re- I do recall reading and reading to some family members the business of nicotine. In fact, I told an, a nurse friend of mine uh, where I used to live who, who has taken the shots. And again, she contacted me a while back and said, so what, you know, what exactly is this? And she's a smoker. And I told her, you know, at least you smoke. I said, uh, you know, you're not likely, you weren't likely to get it in the first place. But, you know, now that you've been jabbed, I'm not sure what lies ahead necessarily. But either way, um, nicotine apparently helps in the process of not uh, being poisoned by this quote unquote coronavirus, which again, the name usage is important too because he speci- Dr. Artis specifically brings up the word corona meaning crown, i.e., a king or a king cobra in this particular case, and the word virus means venom or poison. So, king poison, king cobra poison, king cobra venom, and he goes down that line of, of word usage. Again, numerology, word usage, all of it is remarkably important because the enemy has been using words and numerology for a very long time. The rest of the list states that zinc, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, Qcertin, NAC, vitamin C, all work. It says copper. It also says bentonite clay, corticosteroids, and nebulizing with budesonide. And as he states, he basically says again that these are things that can be used to both prevent and even cure a person from from becoming ill, in particular with uh, this quote-unquote coronavirus or snake poison. 
So with all of that said, again, my, my summary is pretty straightforward. I, I really think that the part that cannot go ignored here is that it just continues to prove that virology is a lie. Viruses do not exist. The masks, of course, have been useless this entire time. And the poison that we are drinking and, and breathing in and eating and then, of course, injecting into ourselves is making us sick and then, of course, the people around us sick because electromagnetism is a real thing. If you take a handful of sick people and you put them in a room of other individuals, those people who have weaker immune systems and are more susceptible to the ill people around them, they are more likely to get ill themselves, as opposed to the people who are possessing a stronger immune system and can slough off toxic cells you know, w w without too much worry, which again is a good thing. But that's basically it. So I think it's going to be interesting going forward to see again where all of these doctors rest on this particular issue. Because like I said earlier, it's going to be difficult for a lot of them to come to the realization that viruses don't exist. They're going to have to throw out all of their indoctrination education that they've received from medical school through all of those years, everything that they've seen on television and XYZ, and they're going to have to do whatever they can to get rid of it. And it's going to be interesting to see where they come out on this particular issue on the other end. And what else is this going to lead to? Um, what other, you know, what discussions are going to come from this going forward? Because again, if they're continuing to hold on to the virology lie, that um, it, I mean, that's going to be problematic. You know, you you can't. There are only so, there are only so many windows here that can open before ultimately you have to be able to see the light on the other end. There are only so many arrows that can point in a particular direction before you finally say, okay, here in fact is the answer. They're just going to have to come to that realization. And I, I'm going to watch for that. And I'm going to listen for that because I want to see again how many people come to that realization. And it's not that I'm looking for them to fess up and say, you know what, I, I was wrong and this, that, and the other. I mean, they can do that if they want, but arriving at, at a sound conclusion that again, virology is a lie that has been perpetuated on us for well over 120 years. And then, of course, going back into the very simple historic history, so to speak, to look it up and realize that, yes, it is in fact a lie. That's going to be a big move for a lot of these doctors going forward. So I think that's something to pay attention to. At least that's something I'm going to pay attention to. Okay. With that said, let me see here. Fret not, ladies and gentlemen. Um, turns out Dr. Fauci, the anointed one, wants people to get yet a fourth booster shot. So he's telling all individuals apparently over 60 to, uh, to get a fourth shot. So he can go to hell. That's pretty much that. Uh, the state of Tennessee, however, the flip side of the coin is that the state of Tennessee is apparently going to make ivermectin available without a prescription. Now, this is interesting. Because I saw a little news report about this on the old local television there in Tennessee, somewhere in Tennessee, and they were all smiles. These news people with their giant grins. Turns out ivermectin's going to be available. Isn't that amazing? Remember, these were the very same people that were calling ivermectin poison and saying that the people who were suggesting people take ivermectin were crazy people. And all the other name calling that they were doing. And I can't believe people are buying horse paste and eating horse paste. Oh, how the worm has finally shown its fangs. Look at this. I mean, it's just, it's at beyond pathetic. So, in this little news clip, uh, I'm not going to play the audio just because it's not really worth it, but I will describe it briefly. There's a pharmacist, and she's being interviewed by the local news station. And uh, she says, you know, we still recommend that people come in and, and if they want to pick up their ivermectin here, they can. But we want to be able to give them uh, the, the accurate information on the appropriate dosage because we want to know what other drugs they are taking on top of it and this, that, and the other. And we want to make sure that they're taking the, you know, the, the right amount. Uh, apparently, they don't understand that the internet exists and that any of us can look up exactly how much ivermectin to take with you know, a, a level of ease that is beyond ridiculous. Um, it's based on weight, 
and anybody can look that up. Ivermectin weight scale or how much ivermectin should I take based on my weight? You, t you type that into a search bar, you're going to find the answer. Not on Google, of course, but most other search engines. So I just find it pathetic and sad that at the exact same time, the very news stations a year or two, even two years ago that were criticizing us for these cures are now all of a sudden all smiles and giggles. What was funny, too, in their little audio stream, or news report, rather, is that they even had on some Puerto Rican doctor talking about how um, the use of ivermectin still isn't proven yet. So, I mean, even in this news report where they were, they were stating what, what the state of Tennessee was, was going to now allow regarding ivermectin use without a prescription, they still had to play the old saw and sort of that old tune of, well, ivermectin hasn't been proven yet to be a worthwhile drug and it hasn't been proven to prevent against COVID. So, I mean, they had to dig up some, some doctor somewhere who apparently still believes this and, and again, more importantly, is a, apparently illiterate. I, I think that's the bigger problem. The individuals that are not opening their eyes to what is going on, they are illiterate. And, you know, th this has been mentioned all over the internet, all over Gab, numerous memes, and I completely agree. The new definition of literacy going forward is not a person's ability or inability to read and write. It's a person's ability to see the truth and understand what the truth is. And if a person doesn't do that on their own, they are by definition, in the new definition of literacy, they are illiterate. And that's going to be a huge problem again going forward for many people in these professions who have believed so many lies their entire careers. They're going to have to come to grips with the fact that what they've taught and what they've done to countless people is in fact hurting them and not helping them. But again, they're lying to themselves. And that's not going to be, uh, that's not going to be good for them or anybody else, frankly. Uh, here's the next thing. This too was interesting, I thought, and completely unavoidable now. I mean, it's becoming unavoidable. Um, Australian sports reporters have no choice now but to actually discuss how the shots are hurting Australian athletes because many Australian athletes, if not all of them, have had at least two shots, many of them three shots. So two shots and a quote-unquote booster. Again, not an accident that the uh, syringe at the, or the, the needle on the syringe looks like a snake tooth. They're shaped exactly the same. The irony is palpable there. But these sports reporters, again, with all of these athletes dropping on uh, the fields of play, they're, they're actually open, uh, openly discussing how it's the shots that are causing these problems. And one of them in this one particular report, which I, I think I, I put it on my uh, war videos on my BitChute channel, but they're having this discussion about it's either rugby or soccer or whatever. And one of them points at one of the other analysts who's a former player and he says, oh yeah, and you had Bell's palsy as a result of the shots, didn't you? And the camera turns to him and he goes, yeah, I was vaccine injured. And the right side of his face is paralyzed. He's talking out of the left side of his mouth. His left eye is, is, is more open, his right eye is more closed, and the right side of his mouth is shrunken down. So, I mean, even, even the vax injured are on television providing analysis for the athletes who are vax injured. And it, it's just becoming, it's becoming too obvious now for even them, even the close-minded and even the jabbed that are, that are responding to all of this, even they now can't avoid bringing this up. Um, I, I think that's going to get worse, too, going forward. I think that more and more of these quote-unquote TV personalities and news reporters are going to continue to either get ill or look physically ill on air, continue to pass out, whatever it may be. But it's all going to be, again, shot-related. It's all going to be due to these shots that they keep taking. And again, it's just more arrows pointing in the exact same direction, more lights being shined on the truth, and it's just unavoidable. So that's a real thing that's also happening over in Australia. I expect it'll happen here even more often. It'll have to. 
Again, it's, it's going to be unavoidable. Now, let me mention this too, and this was something that occurred here this past week, apparently, but there was a, and this will kind of shift us into the education discussion and some education issues that have been taking place. Um, apparently, I don't know if it was the high wire with Dell Bigtree or, or someone was putting this giant presentation together. Certainly looks like it was partially funded or hosted by Dell Bigtree, but it's titled this on BitChute, California high school students stand up to Gavin Newsom vax order April 10th at the Defeat the Mandates rally in Los Angeles, California. Now, you've heard me speak about this before, and I'm going to mention it again because it really shows the, the different levels of the matrix and how different people wake up at different times regarding different issues. But there was this giant rally, big stage, microphone, the whole thing, crowd watching them in XYZ. It was, again, a combination of a number of different individuals, vaccinated, unvaccinated, vax-injured, quote-unquote, Democrats, Republicans, whatever, however people identify. They had a large group of students. I would say, oh, I don't know, a dozen to half a dozen. Uh, it's, I don't know if that's large, but it was enough of them. And each one of them sort of came up to the stage, and they were talking about their struggles with wearing the mask and the vax mandates and this, that, and the other. Um, here, here again is the problem that I have with a lot of this. I understand that they're waking up. I get it, and I think that that's a great thing. It is the homeschooling family and the homeschooling children that are watching this in complete and utter confusion. Because a homeschooler would look at this and listen to these speeches. And keep in mind, these are high school students on this stage speaking. Okay, so you're talking, again, half a dozen to a dozen high school students coming up one at a time, giving a, a two to three to five minute speech. And they're all saying, Again, how they were mistreated and how they think it's unfair and Gavin Newsom's terrible and all this and that. And they're right. But the homeschooling student who is even younger than a high school student, I mean, I mean I'm talking middle school and elementary school aged, they're laughing at these people and they're pointing at the screen if they're watching this and they're looking at their parents and they're saying, mom, dad, um, why is it that they're still going to school? I don't go to school. I can read. I can write. I can add and subtract. Why is it that they're still going? They're even older than me. Why, why is it that they're going? See, this is the problem. This, th this also will have to be something that the collective human mind is going to have to shake. It's going to have to shake it loose. They're going to have to get out of the mindset that brick-and-mortar education or school, quote-unquote, is the only way to learn. And that, yes, we have to wake up early in the morning and we have to put on clothes and express ourselves. And then we have to go to a school or ride a bus to a school and sit in a classroom and watch a teacher and interact with people we don't like or do like or whatever else. They, they, have, to, they have to shake themselves free from this. And until they shake themselves free from this, more and more people are going to be sucked in to this problem that is American public education, private education, charter school education, magnet school education, whatever you want to call it. They're all heads of the same snake. But they're going to have to shake free of this. Again, I applaud these students and, and standing up for something. That's great. At least they stand for something. That's a good thing. Now, homeschool. Go home and homeschool. Look up homeschooling online. Look up accredited schools online for homeschooling. And again, the rationalization as to why people don't homeschool is exhausting. It's exhausting. If I hear one more time somebody say, well, you know, my kids need friends and they love to socialize and their friends go to the school, that's not why you're there. The point is to learn. And when the environment stops, teaching for the purpose of learning, then that's not a school anymore. It's a, it's a degenerate playground. It becomes what we've actually seen within these environments for a very long time. 
it's just again it's the the sludge is just coming to the surface and it's becoming easier and easier for people to see i'm glad that again that these california students are recognizing that politicians and the people who run these school buildings aren't thinking about individual rights and human rights that's a very good thing and if that again teaches them enough and pulls them away from these kinds of environments more power to them and and again i'm glad they're waking up but for god's sakes homeschool yourself self govern take some you know take some responsibility back you know standing on a massive stage like that with a microphone in your face uh you know with, with a bunch of people who support you is is a big deal that's that's a mature move and that's what a, a mature young adult or even older adult would do and many adults are so afraid of public speaking they wouldn't even do what these students are doing the difference is is that these individuals can educate themselves anytime that they want at any time you know regardless of the location they do not have to attend a brick and mortar school again i i applaud them for speaking at this particular thing but my god I mean, just homeschool. Go home. If anything, you're confusing the homeschool student because, like I said, they're looking at you and they're saying to themselves, wait a minute, they're older than me and they don't know what I know about homeschooling and how this actually is remarkably smooth and how this can work very smoothly. I don't even need an adult around. I need a computer. I need my brain. I need the, ab the ability to think and problem solve on my own. And learn how to search real answers and learn how to search, you know, the things that I'm questioning. That's education. And that's a lifelong education. And I might add, that's the lifelong education that the public school, private school, charter school system does not want people to know and does not want to teach people. They really don't. So I hope that, again, any student who has been taken advantage of and oppressed by all of this that's been going on for the last two two years takes the opportunity this spring and this summer to unenroll themselves from these schools and find homeschooling options they, they really need to uh, they, they would be doing themselves a massive disservice and even tricking themselves and lying to themselves into believing that these environments are going to get better over time they are not the die has been cast. Um, the kite is out of the hands now. It's flying around. There's no getting it back. It's the helium balloon that you let go. You can, you can wish that you can grab that string all you want, but it's not coming back. And, and thank God for it, frankly, because now the individuals are going to have to figure out what to do. And self-education is the way forward. But with that said, let me at least play one person here who, who gave a speech. And again, this stuff is interesting. And keep in mind, if you're a homeschooler and you're listening to this, you're probably saying exactly what I just said. You're saying to yourself, why is it that these people are complaining? They could have just been homeschooling this entire time and not complaining at all. But that's the strength of the matrix. That's why it holds these people so tightly and, uh, and it won't let them go. But hopefully they, they figure out that they can let go anytime they want. My name is Sasha Quintanilla, and I go to Granada High School Charter. I, first, I would, I would like to thank God and everyone for giving me this opportunity to speak and thank all the hardworking people who are fighting for justice. I'm a sophomore. Last year, I ran cross country, and in spring, I wanted to run track, but I've been unable to do these sports or even go to school. Difficulties sure do come, with, come along with these things, but I realize that placing my hope in the desire of wanting people to realize that they're wrong only comes to disappoint. So I just place my hope in Jesus Christ and find rest through him. To everyone who's been affected by this, I'm going to show you you're definitely not alone. One day this will be brought to justice. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Aiden Palicki, and your Belinda High School kicked me out for wearing a mesh mask. I've always done well in school and was trying to comply with the rules, but I just can't breathe in a mask and being kicked out of school for trying to breathe is crazy. I find it insane that out of all the kids who are doing drugs, coming to school drunk and are vaping, I'm the one that is kicked out. After I was kicked out, the school made an example out of me. I had to drag a desk outside of my classroom in front of all my peers and take my finals in 40 degree weather. 
These finals take these finals take hours to complete. So taking them in 40 degree weather and being sat next to the band room was unbearable. I feel terrible knowing that this is happening all around our country. I hope that our fight to defeat these awful mandates continue and that we could put an end to all this madness. Seeing all of you here today gives me tons of hope for the future, knowing that we are not alone. I will, I will continue to fight not just for myself, but for all the young kids out there who can. My strength comes from God, my family, and all of you. And I am blessed to have this opportunity to tell my story. Thank you. Again, good for them. You know, good for them. But for the love of God, if a school official would have kicked me out of school, made me, uh, attempted to make me, I say attempted because there's no way I would have even picked up the desk, but if they'd attempted to have me pick up a desk, move it outside into 40 degree weather to take a final exam, I'd have flipped that table in that classroom and said, you take the exam. I would have ripped the exam in half, grabbed my book bag, and I would have left that school permanently. Period. Now, I know that somebody would say, well, whatever, Sean, you're, you're an older adult and he's just a kid and whatever else. No, I know lots of students his age who have done that. I'm certain it's mathematically impossible that they haven't. Countless, countless students in schools have been, have been rebels this entire time and said, I'm not wearing your mask. And they say, well, you know, you're suspended. Take the Florida girl who, again, was in elementary school, fourth or fifth grade, if I'm not mistaken refused to wear a mask, was suspended 37 plus times. She kept showing up without a mask, said, I'm not wearing one. They suspended her. Came back after the suspension, didn't wear a mask, same thing. I mean, that's an elementary school girl, and she has it figured out. So I understand, again, that everybody's seeing things at a different rate, and everybody's waking up at a different time. I get it. But if we go back to the very environment that is abusing us, then whose fault is it? It stops being their fault, their abusers. To expect them to be any other way is ludicrous. We are the ones who have to change. We are the ones who have to self-govern. That's, that's what we have to do going forward. It's that simple. Let the schemers scheme. Let the meddlers meddle and do what they do. And we just have to go in the other direction. It's 100% fine. It's, a, it's way healthier. It's, it's a, as I've said before, it's a survivable skill. So I hope that these students, again, don't buy into any of the lies or, or any of the snake oil when they say, well, come on back into our school. We're not having masks anymore. Everything is fine again. Walk away permanently. The first girl who spoke, she's not going to be a track star. If she was going to school, because again, you heard her say it, she was going to school because she was on the track team. She didn't say she was going to school to learn any content. She was going because of track. Again, I understand people get scholarships to go to college, and that's how they go to college and whatever. If they just focus more on their academics and their reading and their writing, they could get an academic scholarship. That happens all of the time, too. So, I don't know. I could keep rambling about it, but man. If these people don't learn, I mean, if we, as, as, a, as a human race, don't learn, um, we're, giving, we're, we're giving the enemy more than what they deserve. They, they deserve nothing. Even Laura Logan herself spoke at this particular, uh, this particular event, and she said it point blank, stop paying the enemy to slit your throat. I think her exact words were something like that. Stop Stop letting them slit your throat. And she's right. She's 100% right. And she, again, was in the media for a very long time, and she has woken up over the course of time and is still waking up, and that's a great thing. Now, shifting gears here slightly, and it's a bit shocking that I even have to read this, that our society has fallen so much that this actually has to become a law. But at least it is, I suppose. That's the bright side of things. And apparently now Alabama has banned transgender grooming of children. The governor signed into law HB 322 and SB 184. The legislation bans the sexual gender indoctrination of children and prohibits hormone blockers, genital mutilation, and gender reassignment surgeries. And again, what environments are pushing this? Yes. American schools. 
This is this is what's happening. This is what happens when these kinds of people get hired, and then uh, you you give them an audience of, of minors. It it's not. Uh, <laughs> it actually it actually leads to state law that what they're promoting is illegal. If what they're promoting is illegal, when are we going to start arresting these people for being pedophiles? That's what I'd like to know. I like that the state governments are starting to recognize this as being illegal and saying this is illegal. My question now is, and will continue to be, what is the penalty going to be for the teachers or administrators that continue to push this in the face of this now being against state law? That's going to be interesting going forward here, I think. Uh, Here's another one. This comes from the New York Post. California teacher arrested for allegedly molesting seven students, and it's a female teacher. California biology teacher has been arrested for allegedly molesting seven students and sharing graphic photos online, authorities said. Anissa Page Gower, 35 years old, is facing 29 separate criminal court, criminal counts rather, over the alleged abuse that occurred when she was teaching at Making Waves Academy in Richmond, the Costa District Attorney's Office said. The victims and witnesses told investigators that the abuse, which dates back to last year, included sex acts with minors, inappropriate touching, and sharing sexually graphic photos, prosecutors said. Uh, Let's see. Nice building. Uh, Nice-looking academy, quote-unquote. Of course, masks everywhere. It says authorities haven't revealed the age or gender of any of the victims, but the charter school caters to students in grades 5 through 12. Uh, Gower, or Gower, however you pronounce uh, this pedophile's name, was taken into custody last Wednesday at Sacramento International Airport when she returned from a vacation in Hawaii. She's currently in custody in Richmond and is facing multiple child molestation charges. Making Waves Academy Chief Executive Officer Alton B. Nelson Jr. said Gower was fired after the allegations came to light. Now see, that right there is swift action. That's swift action. Just like that, a teacher is allegedly molesting students, arrested, and without hesitation, the school pulls the plug on their employment. Wouldn't it be nice if it happened that quickly everywhere? But it doesn't. A lot of times, again, as I've even brought up on this podcast on numerous occasions, countless individuals who are allegedly molesting or inappropriately touching students will keep their jobs. They'll be on paid administrative leave. They'll come back to work. Sometimes they'll move them from one school to another, keep them in the same district, whatever it may be. Sometimes they just promote them to being an administrator. Um, swift action here was, was actually, well, it's refreshing, to be honest. It continues, it says, during the course of an investigation into allegations that one of our teachers violated school policy, we learned of additional highly concerning allegations involving the teacher's conduct, the administrator said. Uh, They continued, we immediately shared that information with authorities and we were reviewing this matter. The teacher is no longer employed by Making Waves Academy, and we have reached out to parents, students, and faculty to provide support where it might be needed. How about evidence? They should be providing evidence. They should be providing any recorded uh, verbal testimony, so to speak, that that, that they can. Um, you know, that that's something else that I wish happened more often in cases like this, is when prosecutors or investigators specifically reached out to any and all staff members and said, okay, come to us and tell us what you knew about this person. But of course, the reason that they don't do that is because the school teachers themselves are usually worried, and so is the administration, that our entire building is going to be filled with people who knew that something was going on and they didn't report it themselves, in particular before the person was arrested on these allegations. So I, I suppose that would be the reason that that wouldn't happen. Uh, but if more people came forward within these environments with with viable proof, again, the school environments would would be getting rid of these alleged pedophiles and these actual pedophiles. But again, 
it, uh, it all boils down to who's running the show, who's running the school building, who's running the district, and that's really the bottom line. The bottom line is image protection, and if the people who are in charge are only interested in protecting their image and trying to cover things up, then it's game over for anybody who is morally sound within those particular environments. Now, here's the last thing I wanted to bring up, and I, I, I think that this is rather interesting certainly from a historic standpoint. And I think that the truthful message, again, in the middle of this gets lost. And if you listen to my last episode, I was talking about the Overton window and what fits within the Overton window. One of the topics that fits in within the Overton window, but again, can't break free, because again, as I said, the Overton window is a double-edged sword. It's the concept of teaching real American history and being as accurate as humanly possible. But the major theme that consistently gets brought up is that we need to teach everybody about how America is exceptional and America is excellent. Now, that right there is what, that's the message that fits within the Overton window. On the negative aspect outside of the Overton window, you have things like the 1619 Project that says everybody's a racist, everybody's a murderer, um, white people are terrible, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. On the other end of the Overton window, to- more toward the truth and honesty, you have individuals who would say something like this. They would say, the land of America is unique, but the governments that have existed within our country of America have been corrupt and have frankly been corrupt even dating back to the founding fathers, that there were some very awful people who opposed Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Adams. These people were out there, and again, they existed everywhere. But that hasn't gone away. That continues to to exist. And the larger that government gets, the more corrupt it's likely to become the more it's likely to invite in people who are blackmailed, bought, sold, manipulated, and told to do particular things um, because their bosses tell them. I mean, that's that's more accurate. That's a more accurate teaching of American history on that end of the Overton window. And I mentioned that because I wanted to mention this. And again, this is one of the things where, you know, some people might disagree with me on this, but that's, that's 100% fine. Um, let, let me just read this. Again, this comes from the Daily Mail. It's just a headline and then some of the bullet points that are typically under their titles. But it says this. It says, Tennessee governor invites private conservative college to open 50 charter schools whose anti-woke curriculum will teach students that America is an exceptionally good country. And again, that message fits right in, inside of the Overton window perfectly. It makes perfect sense to countless people. Yes, we are an exceptionally good country, 100%, and I don't disagree with that, and that's the way that it is, and we need to teach that more to students. Now, again, I agree with that. I think that that does need to happen more often, without a doubt. What Tennessee is doing and proposing is that, of course, Hillsdale College be the one who open up numerous charter schools, as they already have charter schools throughout the United States, and that they teach this exceptional history of American education. Here's the problem for me personally. Actually, before I get to my problem, let me let me read these bullet points here and then I'll 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 get to sort of the crux of the issue. And you can probably sense where I'm going with this. The first bullet point says this. It says Hillsdale College plans to add at least 50 public charter schools which focus on the centrality of the western tradition, quote unquote. The next bullet point says Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee is allowing the college to start the schools using public funds, including $32 million set aside for charter facilities. And it says Hillsdale's network currently includes 24 schools in 13 states. The college developed the set, uh, 1776 curriculum, which sets out to portray America as an exceptionally good country. Set up in direct response to the New York Times 1619 project, which argues that U.S. progress was all made thanks to slavery. Last bullet point says the college does not accept state or federal funding, but relies partially on donations from conservative benefactors. Again, 
there's a money connection here that has to be made. And I'm, I'm seeing all sides of, of, of this particular situation here. The individuals who are donating money to schools like this, again, that are put together by Hillsdale College, they are interested in, again, only using the 1776 curriculum, which again is good stuff. It's, it's good history. The interesting part is, is how deep down the rabbit hole of truth do they actually go? And the fact is, just sort of in a, in a quick summary, we know that they aren't going to go very deep. It's going to be a lot of surface level history, which is fine. It's probably better than what they're receiving in, in countless other schools, certainly the schools that have been pushing the 1619 project. But how far down that rabbit hole of truth are they actually going to go? Um, that really is the rub for me. Is America exceptional? Of course it is. It's the government that is not. It's the bureaucrats that are not. It's the people within these positions of power who have lulled people to sleep, tricked people, lied to them, created the television, you know, shown up on the television, told people that we have to do this, we have to do that. And then all of a sudden, um, we end up believing generations and generations of lies. And then we end up repeating those lies as the next generation passes through. That's not a good thing. So an accurate teaching of history has got to take place. You know, if they start teaching again about astronauts or how FDR was one of the greatest presidents ever. I mean, FDR was a monster. He was a monster. He was a warmongering, Freemasonic monster. It's this kind of stuff, again, that would be interesting to see how far Hillsdale College actually goes. And the fact is, is they're not going to go there. They aren't going to touch those subjects. Why did World War II really start? What role did the bankers have in all of these wars? Are they ultimately responsible? See, those, those angles and those avenues aren't going to be taught within this sort of watered-down American history. Again, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it, it, it's certainly countering the 1619 Project, and it should. But the problem is that it still fits within the Overton window of a comfortable nature for people. And again, I think going forward, it has to get uncomfortable. The truth has to get uncomfortable. It's not 1619 uncomfortable. That's, that's, a, you know, that's a boatload of lies. What they peddle is a boatload of lies. And so Hillsdale College, again, fits right inside of that Overton window. Breaking through that, though, is going to be important. And I sure hope that any students who show up would question some of the things that are being taught, again, in particular when people bring up certain wars certain presidents, certain politicians, certain public figures, whatever it may be. You know, take the Hamilton thing. Remember the Alexander Hamilton play titled Hamilton, and it was, you know, a Puerto Rican actor rapper, and he's dancing around stage, and they're rapping about Hamilton. That was all done on purpose to trick people into believing that Alexander Hamilton was this upstanding, freedom-loving human being. He was a warmonger. He was an absolute warmonger. The founding fathers detested him, by and large. George Washington couldn't stand him. Uh, John Adams didn't like him. Neither did Thomas Jefferson. Alexander Hamilton was largely responsible for the banking system and putting our country in debt around the time of our founding. But don't worry, there was a play with a Puerto Rican dancing around rapping about it, so it must be fine. You know, if that gets brought up, as being a good thing in this Hillsdale College thing, then I'm sorry. It's just a giant pinball bouncing around inside of the Overton window, and that's not helping anybody. There are lots of different angles to just this teeny little story. I could ramble on for this for hours, but the fact is, is I am glad that Hillsdale College is opening up more and more schools across the nation. I think they should. Uh, I, I just hope that the foundation of that education, if people were to attend, lies in a level of questioning even the perceived truth. Because again, the rabbit hole is deep, and it is not one-dimensional face value things that need to be examined. There's way more that needs to be examined. 
like good and evil and how, again, people obtain particular positions um, because they are evil. And some people are interested in particular positions of influence because they are good people. You know, that needs to be weeded through and that takes time and that takes immersion into a subject. So I think going forward with little schools like this, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly they cover and what exactly they discuss. But, you know, that's going to be an ongoing subject to say the least. But again, I think anything that counters the 1619 project is a good thing. I just don't want schools to continue to peddle lies, like saying that, um, you know, Arabs were responsible for 9-11 and, and all of the, you know, all these countless other lies that have just been perpetuated on American history from one conflict to the next. Again, a full examination of America's role within these conflicts and, and the poli- and, and it's not us, it's not you and me, it's not the citizen, it's, it's the politicians. And it's these elected bureaucrats and these individuals that are really the enemy of, of our country. If that gets brought up in the Hillsdale schools, great. I hope it does, because these are not squeaky clean people. They just aren't. And it's going to be interesting again to see what goes on uh, within these curriculums going forward. So there you go. Uh, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, in the description below again, I will have the web link for the Watch the Water documentary. And check that out, please. If you are interested, I highly recommend it. Very thought-provoking, very interesting, and frightening at the exact same time. Again, be interesting to see if Hillsdale College allows that documentary to be played in their school. That's not something that would bounce around the Overton window, I guarantee it. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Continue to have a great week, and I will catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.